Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from behind the fourth wall, I'll be your host, Dave Trumbor. We're going to change things up a little bit this week with a fourth wall breaking episode featuring four uh, hosts of your podcast here. So let's go around Robin. You already know who I am. You know my buddy Sean Paul Ellis, my co-host. How's it going today, Sean? David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? Doing good. Who do you have over there? Podcast Oh land. my gosh. Uh, we, have, uh, we have Ms. Melanie Harker. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing, doing pretty good. I'm pretty Sweet. good. Yeah. Oh, hey, guess what? And uh, who do you have over there, Yeah, Dave? we also have the lovely, the talented Miss Allison King. That's a K word you can say. That is a K word you can uh, say. Oh! Yeah, she's bringing it back into the show already. <laughs> yeah, we're going to change things up a little bit this week. We're going we're gonna to kind of break from tradition with, uh, we usually have a little bit of an outline, a little bit more structured show, but that's usually when we're doing the actual series. So we're, we're talking about the series as a whole. We talk about the history of it, who's involved with it, and then why we chose a specific episode. For this particular episode, we are going to be doing one episode of a series, but not looking at that series as a whole. So we're going to be looking at a Ultimate Spider-Man episode called Ultimate Deadpool. Now, you probably know why we're doing this. Uh, Deadpool is coming out in theaters. In For tie-ins about, and merchandise Like reasonings. 10 days, I think, from when this comes out, probably. So, um, yeah, the Ryan Reynolds movie from Fox that has not given us any money to do this. We just decided. <laughs> I think, Sean, did you ask or did I ask, like, was Deadpool ever in an animated version? Uh, I believe I believe you asked, and I said yes because I have I had watched the I had watched two seasons of Ultimate Spider-Man, right. and I I did remember the the Deadpool episode. Yeah, and I knew there wasn't like a Deadpool animated series because that would be uh, probably oh, pretty. Boy. Yeah, that'd be something to see. Um, but yeah, we we found that Sean mentioned that there was this one episode. We decided to watch it and just kind of do an impromptu get together here. We roped the ladies in, um, made them suffer through this one. We'll this get... is a ceiling-breaking episode with two, two women on a single Saturday morning cartoon That's podcast. Right. We've had two women on the show before. Oh, I'm sorry. When me and Angie Pierco were on That's the show correct. together. Okay. Second, second Breaking all the episode. ceilings. Breaking fourth yep. walls, breaking ceilings. It's Saturday morning cartoons demolition up in here. So, yeah. Um, unfortunately, you guys had to suffer through this one. So, Allison, what was your kind of knee-jerk reaction from viewing this this mess well I'm, it was so hyperactive i mean i think that's what stood out the most but um apparently sean you've watched like you said quite a bit of the show and i'm just wondering if that's indicative of how the rest of the show is or was this just kind of because deadpool was in it it was just that ratcheted up level of crazy or is that typical of ultimate spider-man in general so to answer the first part of the question, the sort of the, the spastic energy is indicative of the first two seasons that I've watched of the show. I think that it was definitely dialed up to an 11 because of the presence of Deadpool. But a lot of this, uh, you know, they use some uh, standard storytelling conventions that are in this series, such as sort of uh, in order to kind of portray some of the morality of Peter Parker and Spider-Man, such as you'd see... Sometimes he'd have little characters, little uh, you know, devil and angel on his shoulders, but they're little sort of chibi versions right. of Spider-Man that are up there. And so those are something that are, are pretty common in this. Oh, okay. So um, they do show up during the regular season. The they series. do show up during the regular okay. season. That's not just for the Deadpool okay. episode. Uh, we, have, um, we have a lot of moments where Spider-Man will do a Zach Morris style from Say by the Bell timeout, okay. where he will sort of address 
the audience and just be like, you guys see how crazy this is, right? Cool. Back to the action. And so they'll jump into that. So a lot of those things, maybe that I think that we associate with Deadpool uh, are sort of innate in this cartoon series, uh, but definitely the crazy factor went up to an 11 just by him, just by the virtue of him being there and his energy just being so crazy, at least when it's just Spider-Man, it's him trying to understand usually the balance between being a teenage boy and going to high school and also working with shield. And so it's, it's him navigating those paths in this. It was just, I don't even know what happened. I I mean, I've watched this episode before, but then rewatching it again, I still don't 100% really know what happened. It's just, it's a constant barrage of just mania. Uh, Mel, yeah. Mel, have you watched the series before with Sean at all? No, I've never watched the series before. Uh, and it's interesting because being a, I am a fan of Spider-Man, yeah. but I uh, don't, I've never watched the series before. I think it probably, I just wasn't seeking it out or anything. Um, and I had a lot of questions about the conventions as well. And I think probably, I don't know that I would, like, spastic maybe, but it really, is it as uh, juvenile? Because I feel like just the first 30 seconds, 20 seconds of the episode is just Peter Parker whining and saying the word cool about 70 times. Yeah. Well, we should note that this is on Disney XD. Right. And so this, this is for, this is the demographic for this is a younger audience. Sure, but even, even Deadpool's energy, I don't know if we want to, how far do we want to get into this, Dave? I just want to. I mean, this is, this is pretty myself. free-flowing, so I mean, whenever cool. you want to bring it up is, is fine. We can get into it. Deadpool's a rogue, well, so, so we're going rogue that's here. That's right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> let's just, just going to take this off the tracks. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think spastic energy is one thing, but definitely there was a clear difference, even just between, like, Peter and the rest of his sort of teammates yeah. in the way that they were talking, and then Peter, the difference between Peter and Deadpool, despite their many attempts to draw comparisons between the two of them there were a lot of like jinx moments when they sort of had the same impulse answer to something that was happening out in the world but really just what struck me the most was like saying things like for realsies and so cool and i I don't even know there were so many other moments Ooh. I think I wrote well, down too like many the, Deadpool moments. the superhero but... fails YouTube, right? Yeah. Like there were so many little meta references yeah. to, you know, things that are happening now and um, I half expected him to take a selfie, but I guess this was like two, maybe three years ago that this came out originally. It was, uh, I think, 2014. Was, this would have been 2013. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think the series premiered in 2012. 2012 yeah. And so this was season two. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 2013. The, the thing that's interesting about this show is that, like, in the ways that it's trying to relate uh, to a younger audience and to kids and to possibly the struggles that they're going through. There are a lot of times where Spider-Man laments over schoolwork. He laments over the amount of money that's currently in his bank account, yeah. which, is, which is very weird because that's how this episode starts. Yeah. Fiscally responsible, which, but very, yeah, Very broke and poor Spider-Man, which is awkward considering that he is working nonstop for S.H.I.E.L.D. And they never really talk. Obviously, finances come up in this show because he's talking about them regarding the fact that he has none. Right. But then he is always running missions and doing stuff for Fury and with the rest of the team, but they never really talk about what the allowance or the payment structure or anything that's going on there. There, I mean, you would think that there would be some type of potential compensation that's being doled out to him. Well, he says to Deadpool, he's like, wait, you get paid? 
Like, he's right. never been paid before. Yeah, because Deadpool yeah. is basically just, just like, a mercenary in this. I mean, yeah. in, in his character, but mm-hmm. in this particular episode, too, which is, it really comes comes into play with the plot of the episode. But yeah, just that one moment, that interchange between the two of them, where Deadpool's kind of this older hero slash anti-hero that comes back into the fold and is with the S.H.I.E.L.D. team, which I get so, I don't really get the whole Ultimate Spider-Man setup for this series, but you've got Spider-Man as a teenager, which is fine. But then sure. you've got, like, young... Iron Fist, White right, Tiger. You've got Danny, you've got Danny Rand. Yeah, Nova, like Kid Nova, and then like a fairly young Luke Cage. Like, I, I yeah. didn't understand what that was all about. That was a little... Yeah. 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 The, the, time, the timeline was a little bit off. Well, you know, the thing that... The third thing about this, so I've mentioned like uh, money, right. um, uh, sort of some of these other things that they bring in and understanding like his schoolwork. The, the third thing that really is kind of, I guess, maybe sometimes in this series trying too hard is the fact that Aunt May is much, much younger and way hipper. She's looking good. She's looking good. I just want to say that. Well, she's like looking, in the she's movies, grooving she on that lawn. She's like jamming out to Pearl Jam or whatever she's listening to. She's just really excited. So about Aunt May life. is like our age, basically. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, she's just like regret. In the movies, they keep making her younger and younger. Right. Because originally she was like 80 something and then she was like in her 60s. Now she's like in her 40s. It's going to end up oh, as like Marvel funny. babies, like Muppet babies. Yeah, Marvel babies. <laughs> Ooh. Mel's into it. I'd I'm watch. into that. Would, watch that. would watch. I'd would watch that. Yeah. If they were all the little chibi characters. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'd ship definitely. that. Yeah, I like that. What are you shipping about that? Just that whole relationship between those two ideas and properties. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I'm not making relationships. I was like, who's in a relationship yeah, here? I'm that's using, that's using, using younger words. Yeah, I'm using younger words to try to sound more hip in relation to this episode. Deadpool and Aunt May. Deadpool and Aunt May. Or you can also just keep saying, man, that really hit the spot or that really hits the mark. Or there's like, it's this weird juxtaposition between like, like you were saying, there's some more current slang and terminology and things like the YouTube. But then they also use a lot of like really just old, tired, cliche lines. And I don't know how much they pulled from the comic books for Deadpool that they could get away with. And then how much it was just like bad writing, but it was all over the map. Well, or everything. One of the criticisms that I read online was that they felt like um, people who didn't like the show felt like this wasn't true to Spider-Man's character, right? Like it was basically just a generic cartoon that uses the Spider-Man name without really, you know, playing up to his character. But then I felt like Deadpool's appearance was really specific to his character. Like mm-hmm. you had all these fake origin stories, you had the Wolverine references, um, right. and just like the pouches coming in all the time. Like you would really <laughs> have to know Deadpool to like get it, right? But then Spider-Man, I'm sort of the other things that are going on there just feel sort of haphazard. So Don, I don't know if you can speak to that with the series a little more, but yeah, I mean from the from the two seasons that I, I've I've watched, uh, I mean. It's sort of because we keep reimagining and rebooting the, the Spider-Man franchise yeah. over and over and over again. What we've done three three times in the last fifteen years, it it gets a little bit confusing and muddled. I can see Allison this being Marvel's idea of how to relate Spider-Man to potentially a younger audience who is sort of coming up with maybe not having witnessed. Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire and the horror that was that film. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then uh, sort of the, was it Garfield? Andrew Garfield, yeah. who then was, you know, afterwards. And so there, this to me kind of seemed like it gave them the ability to throw in a lot of other Marvel characters and IP into this because every episode is sort of a new and a different either villain or heroic character coming in 
and hanging out with Spider-Man and teaching him some lesson. And so in a way, this what seemed and felt like for me a vehicle to give Spider-Man the ability to understand teamwork in the first season. And then in the second season, it was sort of him understanding the responsibilities of being a leader and how to work within that team dynamic with those four other superheroes that we had mentioned. Is it kind of like uh, the Brave and the Bold, Batman Brave and the Bold, where he has like every episode uh, a new, like, you know, he partners up with Aquaman or he partners up with somebody else? I mean, yeah, kind of. I mean, there's there's a lot of team ups. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole storyline that's in this where him and Tony Stark just chill. Yeah, we watched a couple of clips of chill like some and other ma- stuff, and they're just yeah. Stark sounds weirdly young, but he still looks like yeah. old. And he has like the whole facial hair thing going on. Right. He's like he fourteen like a, with yeah, a goatee. Yeah, he sounds like a kid. <laughs> you know, Guardians of the Galaxy comes in okay. and and makes an appearance in the second season, and then in the opener for season three, they come back, and so there's. A lot of a lot of crossover, and so every week it seemed like the it gave them the ability to kind of say, "Here's a new character that we're gonna that we're gonna inject. Here's a new personality that you're gonna you're gonna have a chance to uh, to witness." And a, a lot of it is because, and I, I don't know if if maybe this is just because the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been you know growing exponentially over the last couple of years, uh, but in, in certain cases, it it maybe act as a, a primer for other people to say, hey, this is, a, this is a new character that, you know, might be in an upcoming movie sure. and I really know nothing about them. So maybe I'll go and I'll check them out and learn a little bit more. In no way, shape or form do I think that this is canon, but it's very confusing because there are a lot of crossovers. Uh, Phil Coulson's character right. is in this mm-hmm. uh, quite, quite a bit. Uh, the Nick Fury character that they have is, is Sam Jackson. Uh, I thought it was in, Kai in, McBride. I saw Kai McBride as the voice cast. Oh no, no, he. I mean, he he looks exactly like. Oh yeah, they're modeled the after Jackson. the same. Yeah, right, right. Not not like the. But I think Clark Gregg the seventies version of Nick Fury, <laughs> the right. white guy, you know, with like the salt and pepper hair on the right. side and the buzz cut on the top. You know, it was it was the director Fury that we've seen in all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. But then Clark the Gregg does Marvel. voice Coulson in this one, I think. That's correct. Yeah, so yeah. that's why Clark it's Clark kind Coulson. of, I was like, wait, what? Uh, yeah. And oddly enough, they bring in, um, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they bring in Fitzsimmons, Fitz and Simmons, in later episodes in season four. But that's why that's I'm confused, crazy. like, who their audience is. Because, like, Mel brought up, it feels so young, like, so, like, five, six, seven-year-old, you know? Yeah. But then... <laughs> Sean, you're referencing. First of all, you have like a really deep interpretation of this show that I feel like we watch different shows. And okay, <laughs> is that? But you, you're referencing like all these characters and stuff from TV shows that like little kids are, don't watch, right? So that's like a presumption that adults or like teenagers or whatever are watching this. But it feels like I don't know. It's it's not made. You know, I, I'm confused. Talking well, through it. In- well, then it's interesting. I'm going to piggyback on that and then have you answer, which is... No, no, because I want to be the representative for you are all now. of Ultimate Spider-Man regarding this show. You Listen, you're bringing your expertise to this episode because we don't know Jack. So the, so the last thing that I want to say in addition to that is, you know, we, so we watched after this episode, after the Deadpool episode, the episode with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy sort of like crashing... I think this is like their second appearance or, right, or something. Right. This and, is the beginning of season three. Okay. And the beginning of season three. And so they like crash land. And already we watched about half the episode and you made mention that the tone was much more serious mm. than, than previous episodes anyway. So like juxtaposing that to the beginning of the episode that we watched, 
like Allison's point, you know, who is this show actually for? Is it for little littles? Because that's certainly what I would assume, even though Deadpool's character feels yeah. horrifically <laughs> inappropriate for that. But or is it middle school or is it you? Because know, I can understand middle schoolers because they're getting into the 13. And so a lot of these movies are PG-13 and like those are the kids you want going to see the, sh- you know, like. Talk, talk us through. Okay, sure. So, Bring us home. No, so I, I think I think the idea is is that these are initially created and marketed towards towards teenagers, kids who are going to watch in the Disney XD uh, realm or demographic. The thing that I, I want to say to to kind of counter my own point with that is that a majority of the cartoons that we have watched in this sense, that have been on Disney XD. You think about uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, right. uh, Star Wars Rebels, Rebels yeah. Tron. All of these things are clearly marketed and directed towards kids with merchandise and shirts and toys that you see at every Target around the country. Yeah. But you find that more and more of the people and the audience that it's, it's garnering are adults as well, who are very interested in some of the backstory and the things that they're injecting with this. Stuff that they're doing on Star Wars Rebels right now is insane uh, with them bringing in a lot of the uh, idea behind uh, the Knights of Ren and sort of Princess Leia is now in the show. And so tying yeah. in and, and Darth Vader at the beginning of, of season two that we talked with Max Nicholson, you know, so they're, they're bringing in all these fun things to entice an older audience to come and watch them. And so to say that the demographic or to say that they're kind of spearheading this towards one demo or one age group, I, I think is kind of doing a disservice because, I mean, I'll put it to you this way, Allison, because I know, that, and, and Melanie, since I know that you've both asked the question about this, does this feel like Spider-Man to me? No, this feels like a younger, kind of crazier, hipper version of a cartoon that just sort of happens to have Spider-Man and is teaching me at 35, year, 35 years old, lessons about teamwork and morality and fiscal responsibility. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. Right. I'm interested in seeing Spider-Man fight a villain. And that really only encompasses maybe two to three minutes of a full episode. A lot of the other stuff that's in that is just kind of, you know, additional extras. It's, Drama. You know, parts of Scrapple. It is. It's teen. It's Delicious. Scrapple. I Delicious like that. Cartoon Scrapple. scrapple. No, it is. It's Drama. It's One Tree Hill. <laughs> right? Wow. It's Spider-Man like it's one, one tree, tree hill for Spider-Man. It's the one tree hill of Spider-Man. That's what it really feels like mm. though. That's like the, you know, that or younger, I would say. So we've we've kind of danced around. Did you have more on the demographic? No, I was just going to say that someone I mean, on YouTube that... um commented in the Deadpool episode saying that Deadpool um in that episode was like PewDiePie with guns, which I thought oh was my very God. accurate. Yeah. It's that level <laughs> of just like just insane hyperactivity. Energy, yeah. And just constant, mm-hmm. constant, constant go from one thing to the next without ever even really like finishing a sentence. Just, just, just screaming. One thought to the and next just... and scream in your face. And I don't care. I'm, I'm too old to like deal with that. So this, this episode <laughs> is even like a trial. Um, it's just like tired. This, we said it's that. exhausting. It just made us yeah. It's exhausting. Like I, I remember. So my Spider-Man series that I watched was the one in the 90s that was on Fox Kids. Right. And it was. You know, Peter Parker still had that, he almost had the fourth wall breaking thing where he was kind of narrating each and every episode. And he wasn't directly talking to you, the audience, but he kind of was. And this episode kind of opens the same way, but then Deadpool comes in and like, there's not a fourth wall. There's like a fourth wall with a wall in front of it, with a wall in front of it, with a wall in front of it. And he just like busts through all of them. 
and there's a lot of cool kind of like layering that goes on here but before we mm -hmm. jump into the episode itself we've kind of been dancing around the issue of um you got all three of you have mentioned that uh there's been like some contractual things and some world building Sean, I think you had a, a point real quick. Well, I, I just I just wanted to jump in and, and say, does that help to answer the question that Allison and Mel brought up? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yes. Because, I, I mean, I think it, for me, when we watched the original 90s version of Spider-Man with Evan Valentine right. when he was on the show, uh, I started looking at other Spider-Man series that were available. And that's what got me stuck on this, is that I was looking for a Spider-Man fix and I had watched a majority of the older 90s Fox Kids TV or cartoon show. Yeah. And when that was done, I was like, where, where do I go now? And this was sort of the, the, the best thing that was available. And I, I got into it and it, you know, it was interesting and it was fun to see some of those additional cameos. And I think that, in a sense, is why I continued watching it was for those cameos to, to see some of those different characters that were coming in uh, all the time. I don't. I want to say the only time that they ever did episodes that had an actual story arc that lasted beyond the beyond one episode was typically at the very end of the season. Okay, to they carry over like a to two, the next. They, they do like a two parter. Yeah, and that'd be it. Which I mean, like the ones we watched from the '90s, it was like they had like six, seven, eight episode oh, series boy. arcs. And it's like kids today. It seems like at least the mar the material that's being marketed towards them is not saying like okay you have this amount of attention span to sit for you know four hours over the course of many many weeks to keep up with the story so it's just like you except get... for japanese kids oh those japanese kids are the best they're the best great attention spans we're gonna have to have <laughs> it like 20 episodes <laughs> yeah in a single one piece arc maybe more maybe definitely more definitely more. <laughs> much more but yeah to, to go back real quick we've kind of danced around this idea of um it's not quite as fun to talk about this stuff, but the legal side of things, the contractual side of things, and which studio owns which characters and which properties and which comic book brand and who owns what for the TV properties and who owns what for the movie properties is completely crazy. It's changed hands so many different times because you know Marvel was doing well as a comic book industry, then they went bankrupt because they tried to do their own studio productions. And then they got bought out, and then they basically sold off all their properties to different studios for different amounts of money. And then they tried to re-centralize and bring them all back together. Disney money certainly helped with that, but as everybody knows, their movie properties are all over the place. Right. When it comes to TV, there's like there was this weird kind of uh, behind closed doors deal that was um, uh, achieved that we still don't quite really know all the details for. So we don't really know who owns which properties for which tv things like fox actually still has a lot of the x-men properties for tv because of the litigation that went on but it's not clear if they can just do whatever they want or if they still need to get marvel's go ahead so it's kind of a mm -hmm. weird power sharing mm -hmm. thing but my point is with this one it seems like disney and all their money now is is focused on this world building thing so that's why you have uh, Clark Gregg was in the Avengers movie, and then he went over to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC, also Disney-owned. And then he does his like cameo appearances on Ultimate Spider-Man on Disney XD, obviously Disney-owned. So they're trying to make like this kind of connective tissue. But the main reason, like Sean mentioned, is... Marvel Synergy. Uh, synergy, but marketing. So it's marketing for mm. like new characters, new toys. But hey, I recognize that guy from the movies that I watched. So A, maybe I liked him in the movie, so I'll check him out on this show. Or maybe I saw him in the show as a little kid, so I'm definitely going to go, I'm going to have a, a cool moment when I see him in the movie and be like, oh my god, everything's connected. Then we come to Deadpool, right? And mm -hmm. 
Oh boy. Deadpool is tied in with the X-Men mythology and Cable and X-Force and, and that whole thing. Um, I believe a Rob Liefeld, uh, Liefeld creation to begin with and, and was uh, drawn by him as well, but folded in with the X-Men uh, mythos and contractually, like legally, he's in with them. So it was really interesting to find that Deadpool, a Fox-owned property in the movie world, but still a Marvel character, shows up on a Disney-owned cartoon show when Deadpool's like the one of the most R-rated, sometimes X-rated, uh, Marvel heroes ever. Well, it is Disney XD. It is Disney <laughs> XD after dark. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh jeez. So it was to me just from like a legal standpoint that was interesting to see that Deadpool actually showed up on a Disney-owned property. And the crazy thing is that like Spider-Man is Marvel, but he in the he's movie world Sony, is Sony. Right? Yeah, so he's Sony, but they're kind of like leasing him back to Marvel. For the upcoming Marvel movie, so it's all it's all kind of crazy, and it I love the fact that they can, you can have this cartoon show that has all these different characters together, and it's almost like who cares? Like there's even moments in this where Deadpool just straight up says like, uh, there's certain things I can and can't do, things I can and right. can't say because of these contractual obligations. It's just crazy. But and Doctor Doom shows up. Isn't he a Fox property? Because isn't he part of Fantastic Four? Yeah, no. does he, did he show up in this? Oh, they, they he mentioned him and he's a, a sock puppet. He showed up as a puppet. Yeah. yeah. Sock that, puppet that yeah. got the stashed. Yeah, at the it UN. was great. He did get stashed. They got a mustache. <laughs> that was so I guess maybe the cartoons or the, the Marvel properties. It's just a different licensing deal or different something. licensing deal. This, I mean, this is, a, this is a brief sidebar. Sean, you were talking about like uh, Star Wars, Rebels, and um, what was the other Star Wars one? Clone Wars. Wars. So recently it came out that um, there's been a live-action Star Wars series in the works for 10 years now called Star Wars Underworld, and it was originally developed by George Lucas. Long story short, Disney is not interested in following through with that. They may do something in the future (laughs) for uh, Netflix. They're not interested (laughs) in it, though. Um, They're focusing on Disney XD series. So that that just goes to show not only do they have this world-building and this connective tissue in the Marvel Universe, because that's a huge property, They've also got it going on in the Star Wars universe, and it's pretty much what they say goes. So, anybody who was looking forward to that, sorry. That's yeah. good. I've, I'm okay with Mel's that. like, no, that's totally fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, nah, I'm still just going to be upset about the, the video game 1313. Yes. The Star Wars video game 1313 that was canceled. But that was another uh, one they were when looking the whole, into. When the whole merger happened. That was another that thing was that a... like Kathleen Kennedy of Lucasfilm was looking into for potential series production, either bringing it into the... Um, animated series storylines that they have or something for Netflix in the future. But that's, that's a okay. sidebar. I'm that just I, trying to hold know. myself back from talking about DC not connecting their movies and TV. And I, we and can't get into DC. that. That's a different podcast, yeah. a different day. But uh. anyway. <laughs> so I was really confused when Batman showed up in this Deadpool. <laughs> I mean, he might as well Segway have. Segway, so Allison, many other crazy just things. go ahead. I'm going to bring it back to Deadpool for a <laughs> second do. and the connected tissue conversation. Yeah. So knowing pretty much nothing about Deadpool except for the first time I, this is bad. I'm, I am fessing up how terrible this is. The first time I saw Deadpool was in that Wolverine movie. Yeah. Um, and I remember watching that movie and, and hearing the feedback that that was like the least Deadpool-y Deadpool we could have ever seen. In- well, because he was just Wade Wilson at that point. That means nothing to me. Yeah, but even so when they like, to, even when they like so, sew his mouth shut and make him into this weird clone creature right. with everybody's powers, just like, what are you doing? I forgot about. Well, that. so yeah. yeah, it was it's best yeah. If it was weird. Yeah. yeah, don't worry. So between that and the movie that's about to come out and this episode, like it seems like they're holding 
they're whole, I'm gonna air quote holding true to whatever whoever Deadpool is in the cartoons. But is there any like differences or at all? I mean, he's, he's, of like what we saw and what he is or G-rated versus X-rated. Oh my god, I mean there's like the the com- there's a thing going around now. Somebody I guess started one of these online petitions where it's like we want a PG-13 cut of Deadpool and all the like hardcore Deadpool fans what? were like hell no and they've got this these like pictures going around these collages of all like R and X-rated scenes from the comics where it's just like you think this is PG-13. I get what they're saying. They want to be able to have a PG-13 cut, maybe on, like, the eventual Blu-ray or something. I get that. It's not It's not the character, though. That'd be, like, a, a PG-13 Punisher, which I think they even tried to do, but did not do well. Um, that might even been the, the animated movie. I don't know. But it, regardless, that is not this character. So, Mel, to your point, um, the Deadpool that we saw in Wolverine Origins movie was not mm-hmm. even... That was just Deadpool in name and happened to be played by Ryan Reynolds because he's a fan of the character. But that okay. is, just forget that ever happened. Um, okay. The Deadpool from this cartoon that we watched, at least the, the mania, the humor. Um, pouches. The pouches. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of the personality and I wanna, character. I want to add, Allison, you are very into these pouches. Is there... It's just weird. So, so Liefeld went... But I mean, all utility, all utility belts on superheroes tend to have pouches. In the 90s Spider-Man series, did he not have like a web, a web pouch or like a web backpack all he the time? He just mentions it a lot in this episode. He mentions it a lot. He does mention it a lot. But no, so it's Liefeld's known... It's a little bit overkill. Liefeld's known for not... Be, two things, artistically speaking. Well, a lot of things, but one, he, he can't draw feet. If you go and look for any Liefeld um, cover you won't find any feet on any of his characters. The legs just, like, taper off and they disappear off the side of the page because he can't draw feet. They also have a shitload of pouches. So everybody's full up with pouches. Go look for a cable if you're not familiar with that character. He's 90% pouch. So (laughs) it's just he loves drawing pouches. And that's just something that he poked fun at. Just a pouch, robotic side of a face, metal Metal eye, eye, eye screaming for his son. Tyler! 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 No, I do remember from that X-Men episode you guys watched. Yeah, so pouches, no feet. That's basically Rob Liefeld. But, but then the missing part, like Allison mentioned and Mel was asking about, is like the blood and guts violence because Deadpool can more or less just be like carved up and put himself back together. You know, in this cartoon, he mentions that like Wolverine uh, is jealous of his healing factor because he's even, he can heal even better than Wolverine because you can literally like slice this guy up and put him back together. It's, it's wow. like that level. Yeah. And they use that to like humorous but really gross effect in the, in the comics a lot of the times. And they hint at it in this cartoon, which I thought was cool. But there's only so much they could do. Um, right. Yeah. But still truer than that other movie. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Though, like mo- some of the, you know, talking about like baby Deadpool and then like the Nick Fury stuff and like their bonding. <laughs> but then it kept coming back to various people being like, Deadpool. Yeah. Nobody, nobody liked him. That. <laughs> nobody who knew him and spent time with him was like, happy to have him around but it was funny there were things that were funny i mean i was overwhelmed at first just because of how fast and hyper it was which actually we weren't sure if the version we watched was potentially sped up i thought it was but i don't think it actually was i just didn't know if we were like fast enough to watch it like it's just too it's too much my brain's just too old and slow these days i can't keep up with it but there were there were a lot of funny asides and stuff and sean this is another criticism that a lot of people online brought up which was um that it was trying to be family guy basically with the cutaways Mm. and the cutaway jokes and like instead of spending time um with the characters like having real moments even in the fight scenes or with you know a conversation it's just like cutaway jokes cutaway jokes so that was the that was the most confusing thing for me 
just to kind of get into this particular episode, because I, I want to say that for a lot of the fight scenes that are in this show, there are not this large number of cutaway scenes. And at, at one point when this fight sequence was over, there's a final fight sequence between Spider-Man and Deadpool. And at the very end of it, I had the question, did this actually take place? Was this all in their head? Did they actually have any type of a battle? Because so much of it is is just nonsense. It's just pure nonsense. nonsense. (laughs) Like all of it's just nonsense. And it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. There are 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 moments where they are it's a game of one upsmanship, but it's in their imagination. It's like if you watched a David Lynch movie and then spliced it with the Marvel universe and then like took an LSD tablet and then just like went to sleep. Just let that all This is what would happen. (laughs) And never woke up again. (laughs) That is definitely something that I think was the most Disneying for me was the off kilter perception of reality of which there was basically no, there was zero for me like baseline of reality in this yeah, there's series. no grounding because anywhere I, there's no grounding i can understand you know having him sort of fuck with the convention of well Pete, this is peter parker's this is spider-man show and he is the narrator and i'm gonna steal this from the narrator and make it my own thing right. that i understand but then like the cutaway scenes and the nature of the cutaway scenes because we're sort of seeing these characters who are like who are cartoons of the cartoon, not mm. chibis. Like that I understand being a part of the cartoon. Very confusing for someone just watching this the first time. Or just so listening to this podcast, like what the hell are they talking about? It's like, basically like, right. like different level, picture in just different styles of animation. So there's like the chibi, which are the little cute, very rounded, cartoonish looking characters. And then there's the, uh, the comic book looking, ultimate Spider-Man looking characters. And then what Mel's talking about is this kind of like Looney Tunes looking cartoonish like versions chickens. that are kind of in between. Yeah. Right. The whole sequence of the chickens. The chickens, the chickens really. and the cows. That's what we were just kinda like, what, like, what is going on? happening? Yeah. I'm surprised that was the first the first time. Well for the rest of it, I was just catching my breath, just catching up. Well, I mean, you know, uh, the the interesting this whole episode takes place because Deadpool says that there is a, a list of shield agents um that has been stolen uh and he needs to go recover it. By who? And who stole it? Uh, it was stolen by Agent MacGuffin, right. and so wink, that should be quotes. that should be your first hint yes. that wink, wink, this is all a lie. And Spider Man is at this point where he is, he's been training. He's had a, a pretty crappy day yeah. at that point. He he wants to he wants to experience. He's not being excitement. paid for any of this. Might I Correct. remind you? Yeah. <laughs> right. He he really wants to to get out there, and it. it they they tell you pretty quickly and succinctly that Deadpool used to train with Power Man and Iron Fist and, and White Tiger and Nova. And so there's a, a history and a relationship that they had and everybody seems to love him. And so Spider-Man sort of gets on board saying like, I don't see what the big deal is, but you know what? I'd love to kind of get off. I'd like to kind of get under the, uh, the grip of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a day and go hang out and do my own thing and you know what deadpool you seem pretty cool so why don't i go hang out and chill with you and they set out on this this crazy journey and you you find out very quickly and almost immediately that there there is no agent mcguffin right. which again come on, come on mcguffin <laughs> never saw it like, coming. Uh, huh? like yeah exactly the weird thing is like he he clues 
uh, viewers in on that and a little earlier on though because he he pops in when spidey's doing his narration and deadpool kind of takes over his own narration they kind of had this back and forth spider-man's like wait what's happening why are you in my head what what's He's going like, on how'd you, you get here who are you? yeah so they and keep so it, bouncing back and forth but then i think at one point deadpool even says like he says like taskmaster like i'm looking for this guy and he tells the audience right that. so that's like the only one of the only times he's being completely honest on screen is when he's talking to us and saying he's looking for this guy because nobody else knows that yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and you're led to believe that, yeah, this Agent MacGuffin is in cahoots with Taskmaster. And so, of course, it makes sense that they would journey out to try to find this guy. But the, the second that he mentions, the second that Deadpool mentions Taskmaster in his plan, Spider-Man suddenly gets wise to everything and is like, wait, you, you never said this. And then Deadpool's like, yeah, yeah, I've just been, just been kind of pulling your, pulling your leg the entire time. We've just been on this trip. And then, you know, you finally come to realize that after they've secured and kind of uh, neutralized the threat of Taskmaster, right. uh, it turns out that the, the person who is looking for that list of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents is, in fact, Deadpool. Yeah. What? Because he's going to, what? He's, because he's going to sell that yeah. in order to make all the money, all the money. That, he, that he wants to get. I love that moment, uh, though, when Spider-Man realizes it and he kind of like holds up his... This is when he holds up his uh, moral code. And he literally hits him with a book of the moral code. But so we'll get to good. that in a second. Um, I loved that. When he holds up his moral standing and he, he takes the moral high ground and then Deadpool just kind of looks at him. He's like, are we going to fight now? <laughs> and then he's like, well, yeah, we're going <laughs> to yeah. fight. I, I'd like that it kind of like led up to that moment. But there is so much insanity that happens even before that with just every two seconds deadpool has another one-liner another joke he's bouncing off the walls sometimes literally he's like laying on the tables he's got monkeys dressed in deadpool outfits plaguing nick fury those were great though. he's just bouncing around all over the place there's so much going on in this show that it's like it's easy to kind of get distracted that he's he's actually manipulating uh peter parker into being basically his like assistant to help him get this thing back from taskmaster but the weird thing is he doesn't really even seem to need him. He's just kind of there. That was a weird thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Among many other things. Well, I mean, maybe it was something where Deadpool thought to himself, maybe I can turn this guy. Maybe I can have another person, you know, working with me. Maybe I don't have to be a, a lone mercenary. Maybe I can train somebody else in order to take on bigger missions and get a bigger reward and payout. It's, does he really think that much when he I does something? I yeah, that's given him a lot of I don't think there's any thinking behind that. He, I think he was just like, here's a kid that loves me. You're coming with yeah, me. He does I think uh, that, offer him a few times. He's like, you know, why don't you just get out from under uh, Nick Fury's leadership and, and, and rule for a while and just come have fun and just live the mercenary right. life kind of thing. But he doesn't like, he never lingers on something long enough to actually like give it deep thought, except for the moment with the morality. Um, after their crazy fight he never stops to really consider things even when he gets shot in the back full of arrows or he's got like 12 swords stuffed in his back like he never just like right thinks about it he just takes him out and goes on about his day because that's just like his style his attitude it's just that's what deadpool does it's crazy you know i want to we we've talked enough about deadpool at this point i want to mention the uh voice yeah sure the voice behind Oh my god, so do you, happy. Do you know? Do you know no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Drum roll. Get, get ready for this. Drum roll, please. Well, let me let me ask oh, uh okay, let me ask Allison. Did you ever watch the show Boy Meets World? Uh yeah. Do you know the actor who plays Eric Matthews uh, on a Boy Meets World? Yeah. Will Friedel? Yeah. That's Deadpool. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, like yeah, that, we... <laughs> I like that we have you cute just for the 
What? Yeah, what? I, we actually did look it up because we were yeah. looking up um, Clark Gregg, actually, I think, for Colson. That and, and then, then a bunch of YouTube comments were like, I can't believe so-and-so was oh, Deadpool. Uh, Ron Stoppable? Um, Ron Stoppable, yeah. yes. I don't know. And so, Why is yeah, that's that right. the reference point? <laughs> that is. There were several oh. reference points for that. And I was like, Will? Yeah. yeah. I was like, what, you mean Lion-O from the reboot? And she just kind of looked at me like, <laughs> Yeah. No, it's just going to turn my head. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, the voice cast was, was very impressive. And even uh, J.K. Simmons was in there for, for a, a half second. For a half second. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that what they did with Deadpool was really fun. Like, you know, not only the voice cast, but as far as how they portrayed him in a Disney-fied way that was still like, Dave, like you said, you know, true to the spirit of the character. Yeah. Um, but within a, the censor standards and practices right. realms. They even made fun of that in a meta way with yes. the like, can't say the K word, you know, we're going to which was, unalive them or whatever. Which was, which was very funny because for a Disney cartoon and saying cannot say the K word, obviously being kill, mm -hmm. Spider-Man looks at him and goes, wait, you, you mean kill? <laughs> and then I was like, well, oh, wait, can Spider-Man say that? Sure. Like there were two seconds where I was like, <laughs> <laughs> they just can't show it on screen. Ah, sure. I guess they successfully did show that, or maybe they didn't. Or maybe no, there's like a you can say it in conversation. We can't be like we're going to kill them. Yes, you can't aggressively state it. You can just ask and then a question go and do about it. whether you're yeah. going to do it. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because <laughs> yeah. there's a there's a lot of time spent. This is really the only time in the episode that they show Spider-Man being that upstanding moral hero versus the mercenary that Deadpool is because they. Um, they have this fight with all of Taskmaster's like henchmen, basically. They're all just wearing the same mask, so they're basically faceless henchmen. And Deadpool's just pulling guns out of wherever and his swords out of wherever and just wants to carve them all up and blow them up and sometimes literally just like put a bomb in their belt and blow them up. But Spider Man very, is just very like, like yeah. old, old, like tiny yeah. grenade, like round. Like old ammunition or bomb. ordinance. Yeah, yeah, like old, yeah an Acme, Acme production. Acme exactly. On it. Yeah, but so he's trying to do that, and Spider-Man is just like constantly preventing him from doing that, either deadening the, the blow or pulling his swords away or just saving the guys, the henchmen themselves. So now Spider-Man is in this mix is like trying to prevent them from being uh, unalived or sleeped with the fishes, as they say. Although I think many right. were slaughtered in that airplane. Scene. Yeah, well, they sure. always show parachutes. Yeah. They dozens always show were slaughtered in that. Yeah, they he destroyed some of the parachutes. Yeah, that's true. We just, we just sweep that under the rug. Right, totally sorry. Fine. As Continue. long as you don't see if we, it, it's fine. If we don't see it. But you were saying how yes. Spider-Man is being sort of the moral center. No, but this, this is basically just where Spider-Man's like, hey, I'm a moral hero and Deadpool's a mercenary, so I'm going to stand up for what's right. And then it devolves into this batshit insane... Uh, breakdance battle. Breakdance slash fantasy fight sequence i don't even know where to start with that i mean you, you guys have kind of mentioned it that they go into this kind of like pseudo cartoonish thing but it's this mind battle that kind of takes place within their imaginations where they trade back and forth and i think it's they make mention to how similar the the design of spider-man and deadpool are earlier they both have you know the red and black costume they both have the big eyes right. they both have the full face cowl um so they make fun of that, but then they also make fun of the fact that they're both sort of fourth wall breakers. They're both very like snarky and sarcastic and witty. It's just that Deadpool's yep. R-rated and Spidey's usually not. So that is the divide, and that's why they have this fight that just turns into cartoon craziness. It ends with... A morality K.O. <laughs> She's been waiting the whole time. I have been. 
You nailed it. I haven't. There were a few things in this show that uh, reminded me of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Okay, the yeah, I can see that. Or not the animated, the live action movie. I could see that. Yeah. Or just the style. Go, go on. Oh. Uh, so there were a couple of points, especially on Deadpool's end, where he was sort of pulling in these uh, like video game conventions, like double wedgie achievement unlocked. And then he sort of like yeah. hand swoops. Like this little the icon pops up. Yeah, yeah. Icon and like gets yeah. the trophy or whatever. And then definitely, but then Spider-Man gets the one up on him when he has the morality KO That's at right. the end. And I just thought that was... That was just interesting. That was yeah. a, very modern. That was a much modern throwback to the old uh, Uncle Ben adage of "With great power comes great responsibility." Yes, which which like Spider Man literally throws a book at Deadpool, hits him in the head. It opens to a page that Ben's voice reads that line out, and that basically go ahead, Mel, you can do it again. Morality K O. Was that massive? It was massive morality K O. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> that's why it's happened the way I said it happened. But that's how you beat Did it Deadpool. happen another way? I don't know. Who can tell? Who will know? And then the weird thing was like Deadpool apparently had a jack uh, jetpack the entire time, or swipe one off of the other guys, and he just like he just what are, what are the, one of the many guys that he killed yeah. from that <laughs> that he murdered. Jesus. Yeah, can't say the K word. You can say murdered. Um, can't say it. Yeah. Yeah, he just rockets off into the sunset, kind of thing, and that's pretty much the end of it. <laughs> it's just it it ended. As quickly as this nonsensical, ridiculous battle starts, it ended. It ends just as quickly, and it leaves you just still kind of asking the question: What the fuck just happened? Yeah, and why? What, 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 and why? And how? And when? And when did it all happen? Yeah. So there's the, the only right. thing that's in there that MacGuffin was actually that like the agent list, right, for Shield. Correct. So Deadpool stole it, and then Taskmaster stole it from him, and then Deadpool stole it back from Taskmaster, and now he's gone. So did that? I, I, I assumed at the very end of it that uh, Spider-Man still had it. That he had. Did he? Yeah, because the get little, it? Okay. the little mini, said something to him, like, right? Oh, the little chibi. I know thing a bunch of guys. Yeah. I would really love to buy this, and then he was just like, "Shut up!" And just spot him in the face. That was a great web sh- web shooter. Thanks. <laughs> Working on my web shooter. Sound Nicely effects. done. Great foley for your web shooter. <laughs> web shooter foley right now. <laughs> Nice. We could talk about sound effects whenever you want we to, could, by the way. Okay, so is Spidey still has is... that. Yeah, he still has it oh, at okay, the end. Okay, okay. The flash drive. <laughs> the great flash drive <laughs> yeah, of right, knowledge. Right. <laughs> uh, you are right, Allison, to raise your eyebrow in disdain. Yeah, it's, it's raised. Oh, it's raised. It stays. It stays raised. Anything else from this episode? I want to jump into um, whether or not you guys are looking forward to the movie as well, but I, I want to make sure we've yeah. covered all the crazy angles from this episode first i have a few more sure yeah (laughs) i probably don't have answers (laughs) i bet you are running out of answers so so i i just want to get back to this question about what deadpool like what are some deadpool conventions so can he read people's minds or get inside people's heads or is that just happening in this episode for whatever reason that i mean sean maybe you have a different take on it but to me it seemed like part of his ability to act sometimes he seems like he acts as a reader of the page that he's on so it's like he can step outside and look at a comic book page as a reader would with the reader themselves and comment on stuff that's going on that he either should not have any knowledge of within that frame Mm -hmm. but he can act like a comic book reader and just be like oh i see your spider sense is tingling and he's like wait what 
Yeah, Ooh, it just, shiny. Yeah, I felt like that was, I don't know, opinion. I felt like that was a little sloppy. I can see that. Okay. Because it just, it confused me in terms of what is Deadpool taking over the show and being the reader of the page that they're currently on and what is Deadpool actual um, abilities? Because we learn, right, that he is sort of immune to Taskmaster's ability to predict other people's, like to learn other people's moves and then use them against them. Right. So we know he's super special and can't do that. So then is he like inside of Spider-Man's head? Is he not? Is he actually, like, can he actually see Spidey's, Spidey sense tingling? Or can he not? Or does it not matter? Because so we've I, suddenly I, entered a no rule zone. <laughs> I, I'm you just going to say chickens again and then just leave it at that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Giant chickens, yeah. Exactly. So I think because there is a fourth wall breaking convention that Spider-Man utilizes to tell stories in this show, and because Deadpool has that ability, as we've mentioned a couple times, I think what it is is I think it's it's the two of them kind of fighting against one another right. uh, for supremacy in this instance, and so it's a lot of it is Spider-Man sort of invading. Uh, I'm sorry, is Deadpool sort of invading the territory? that Spider-Man would otherwise use uh, to convey what's going on and what is his story. Is. Okay. It's, it's almost like he's heightening in that. So like if Spidey would use the fourth wall breaking thing to just be like, hey guys who are watching this show, look how crazy this fight is. Deadpool comes in and is like narrating on Spider-Man, narrating on the battle kind of thing. So it's just yeah, like a, right. a different, a, another level up of fourth wall breaking. So they really tried to... So meta. Yeah, they tried to nestle that in there. As far as the Taskmaster thing, I don't know that he's necessarily immune to other powers or abilities i think he's just so unpredictable that taskmaster couldn't predict what he was going to do next weren't they in cahoots okay. no well originally they had a deal yeah but because of the mercenary nature of things um deadpool just stole it and then taskmaster stole it from him so oh, right. he stole it back okay. so at that point they okay. weren't as far as i know cool anything else last thing i want to say is about sound effects go for Did it anybody else notice can i get another web much... shooter first nice that's good yeah thanks <laughs> Sean, Sean just held out his hand and yeah. I, I'm sound effects for him uh, I, and I don't again don't know if this is the whole series or if it's just this episode there were a lot of very Mary Melodies Acme very cartoony sort of cartoony things so like the moment that they fell out of the sky and Deadpool kind of like eliminated Spider-Man's jumpy thing why can I think of Parachute? that word Parachute, thank you. Yeah, he forms, a, he forms a parachute. Oh, he forms boy. a jumpy thing with his webs, and then Deadpool like roasts it with his flamethrowers. It. Well, so he lands on the branch and then lands on the ground, and it's drum smack. It's like drum hi hat. Yes. It's like but I'm. I do like Deadpool's really line strange. after that. That he's like, "Hey, how come we landed different? Like yeah. just little little one liners like that oh, were pretty yeah. funny. Our landings were so different. Our landings were so different. Yeah. But they just they they chose to go such a. And I, I don't know, is that, is that a normal convention that they would do? I don't think that that's a normal convention. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's for Sean, because I haven't watched enough I mean, of there the was, series. There, was that, there was that one moment where the Deadpool monkey is on Fury's shoulder, mm -hmm. and he throws the banana on top of his head, and it makes a fart sound. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, I was like, what? Uh, I laughed like a little child. We did laugh quite a bit. We <laughs> laughed quite a bit at this, but in between, yeah. we were just exhausted. I felt like I'd run a marathon, but then yeah. I'd laugh. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I was laughing, but I think it's... <laughs> I think it's challenging because I think to to hold this episode up to the rest of the series, I think that there's a lot 
I, I don't think that this episode is in any way indicative of what the rest of Ultimate Spider-Man is okay. like. Okay. And so it, it's, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of, uh, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of him sort of understanding his powers, responsibilities, and teamwork okay. and schoolwork and how to balance everything. Uh, it just seemed like this, like you said, Dave, this was just, you know, or as we've talked about, this extra level of meta on top of it is just very confusing. And it's, it's hard because this is really one of the only instances where we have Deadpool in an animated sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so to kind of transition it over into thoughts and feelings about the movie, you know, it's the only thing that we could have, you know, to really see him in that sense. And, uh, you know, I, I still, I'm still glad that we watched it, but it's, I think it's hard for, for the three of you to kind of have maybe watched this as your first Ultimate Spider-Man episode yes. and thought to yourself, hmm, I'm just not going to... Ever watch just this, not gonna again. Add this No, I'm never going never gonna to turn this back on, so... Mm. Well, I think it'd be fun, actually, to do... Uh, this, is, this is talking as uh, Saturday morning cartoons again, to do maybe a month or so of where we go through the Spider-Man show. So we've already done the 90s one, but there was, what, a 70s one? 70s Spider-Man? There was, yeah. And then there was, mm-hmm. like, Amazing, I think, and Spectacular, and now Ultimate. And yeah. I don't know if there was ever a future one like they did with Batman, but um, like a 2099. Oh. I don't know if they've ever done the animated version. Like a it. Batman Beyond, but with, uh, I think actually in uh, later seasons of Ultimate Spider-Man, he sort of tra- he traverses across the Spider-Verse, oh, okay. which was something that happens in the comic books okay. recently within the last year. And so it's sort of him getting exposure to like the Miles Morales version right. of Spider-Man okay. and sort of the uh the 2029 version of spider-man and and i think spider-man noir what so they they get into they get into some of those storylines but yeah that would be fun to kind of go back and take a look at some of that let's see if i can find a scarlet spider animated i don't know if i've ever seen that animated but that'd be interesting they bring in a they bring in a couple different spider-mans i know in season three spider-man they spite well no because one is spider's man spider's man's spider spider people (laughs) Spider that's, people. That's what they spider, prefer. Spider person. Spider persons. Yes, thank you. Be PC. Trying to trying to be PC. Hi, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> spider men and women. Spider men. Spider them. Spider them. Spider them. I like that. Spider them. Right. Spider Third wave. Nice that's what you would say. Oh boy. Oh boy. Bring it back. Not there Bring yet. It back. Bring it all so, back. So okay. So the whole reason we decided to do this episode is, like I said, that Fox movie with Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, is opening soon. Sean and Mel, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Are you guys looking forward to go see it? Do you know what you're going to expect? Um, what are your thoughts on it? Don't know what I'm going to expect. Very excited. I like it. The sync. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know what to expect, and I'm primed for it and very excited. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I can't wait to see this. I, I think the fact that Ryan Reynolds has done so much guerrilla marketing for this right. film and has really showed his love of this character and, and everything that's included in it, it, it gets me excited to see something when you know that the actor has really fully embraced this character and this idea. Allison. And this has this been something he's wanted to do for quite some time, so I'm pumped. Doesn't want to stop. Just wants to keep going. Let's keep going, Allison, buddy. Allison, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm cautiously intrigued because I think it'll be funny, but I think it's also gonna be super brutal, which I'm not really into. But yeah. um, I think it'll even itself out, and I'll probably enjoy it. The the one thing I really liked about what they've done with the marketing so far is they haven't shown you 
you know, 99% of the movie and then just be like, hey, pay for that last 1% in the theaters. They've only shown like a few of the same scenes over and over again, and then they've changed up the way that they present the trailers. So they released right. a Christmas one, and it helps that, you know, Deadpool has the mask over his mouth, so they can easily just dub the stuff in there. They don't even care if it matches up with like jaw movements. <laughs> uh, so Reynolds can just come in and say new lines and change it up for the holidays and say new things. They can even change it for different markets, whether it's red band, green band, a TV spot, whatever. And they've done a really good job with that and teasing things about it. And they've been able to take the, take the character. They don't take them so seriously. Um, right. They're taking the, it's a weird balance because they take the property seriously and they want to do it right, but the character himself doesn't take himself seriously, so they had to find that balance. And I think Reynolds has finally done that and gotten the, the opportunity to do that because it obviously didn't work out well in Wolverine Origins. Green Lantern was a whole mess for a whole other reason. Oh so I'm really hoping that this time uh, audiences will reward Deadpool and Reynolds and he'll actually get you know back up where he's supposed to be. Um, and I hope they do a good job with this. It looks really good so far. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And it's going to be kind of the first big um, superhero movie of the year anyway. So. I'm also very excited about some of the cameos. They're bringing in Colossus, right. uh, Negasonic, Teenage Warhead, right. which from the trailer, she looks fantastic. And so some of these, uh, you know, like Negasonic, like some of these more obscure Way characters, obscure. it's nice. Yeah. It's super obscure. <laughs> it's fun to see them kind of uh make it into the movie and into the marvel cinematic universe uh i have i have high hopes for this yeah it should be good it's tracking well right now um not to get you know into technical stuff but it, the buzz is good from from early Great. views and stuff so good stuff all right i think that's pretty much it for us in our, our impromptu deadpool special <laughs> i want to thank mel and allison for joining us uh mel um yes. would you like to let the folks out there in listener land know where they can find you on social media and if you have anything mm -hmm. coming up in the next couple of weeks sure on the medias you can find me at melanie Gwynn in many ways there's an underscore for instagram and there's no underscore underscore for the twitters uh i have a fun new gig which is allowing me to immerse myself with a bunch of really awesome artists. I'm working for Capital Fringe in Washington, D.C. now, and uh, I am helping to program their year-round programming. So nice. most people would know a Fringe as a festival, which we, of course, do. But now we're sort of tiptoeing into the land of uh, music and gallery art and performance art and theater and anything else, D, all of the above. Uh, fun experiences uh, at the Logan Art Center. Um, so it, when this episode comes out, will be the second week of February. That's right. Uh, so if you are like, hey, it's a Thursday and I don't know what to do with myself, you can come on over uh, to our Logan French Art Space, uh, which is on Florida Avenue, and check out No Chaser. What's that? I don't know. It's a bunch of cool dudes. There's a DJ. There's going to be a live performance. There's going to be some drums. And it's a free experience, totally free. All Thursdays, all time, free music and booze. So you should come hang out with me. Not free booze. Booze, is... booze you got to pay for yeah, the booze. Yeah, she did separate that. That was well done. <laughs> free music. Free everything. And, and the and booze. booze. Yeah. I and only heard free booze. No, there's no, there's no free booze. The podcast cut uh, out between yeah. free and booze. <laughs> <laughs> when I edit this. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. That's, that's where you can find me. You can probably find me in my cold hole up there. Right. Very cold. Thanks, Mel. Very cold office. <laughs> Allison, where can the folks out there find you on uh, social media? Um, on Twitter, I'm at Keen TV. That's K E E N E TV. 
and my regular job is as Collider's TV editor. So I review TV shows, we have recaps, we cover all the news and what's happening. So if you want to know what to watch, head on over to collider.com slash TV. All right, excellent. Sean, buddy, what you got going on? Oh, boy. Uh, well, if you listen to this, it is the week before Valentine's Day. So come and find me in San Diego. I'll be performing as part of the San Diego Improv Festival. It's uh, sdimprovfestival.com. You can buy tickets. I'll be performing late on Saturday night. Uh, at this point, I'm going to venture to say that we can definitely hang out and be Valentine friends. So if you're there, uh, come and swing through and say hi. Are you going to be in San Diego uh, during when Deadpool comes out? I am, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to probably see it when I get back. Oh, okay. You can go on a Valentine's date with say. a random person from San Diego yeah. to go watch Deadpool. Hey. That sounds Podcast like a Podcast bringing people together. Yeah. <laughs> Free booze find... out here. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, you can also find me on the Turs and uh, Grams at Sean Paul Ellis. Yeah. I only do it because I know you guys hate I know. it. It's just me. Dave, I don't think she can... even knows what's going on at this point. Yeah, I know. Dave, where can we find you, Fred? Uh, you can also find me on Collider.com. We've got a lot of um, the TV shows are coming back from the 2016 season now. So if you're a fan of The Flash, Arrow, and The Walking Dead, I will be recapping each and every one of those episodes, uh, along with, like Allison said, a bunch of up-to-the-minute uh, movie and TV news. You can also find some of my short fiction over at DaveCrumbore.com if you're interested in doing so. And you can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. If you're interested in finding out more about Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can do so at our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also check us out on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Tumblr page, SaturdayMorningCartoons.tumblr.com. We have a Facebook page and a YouTube account. You can listen to our podcast each and every week through iTunes and Stitcher. And if you'd like to drop us a line, suggest a cartoon for an upcoming episode, or just let us know how we're doing, Send us an email, saturdaymorningcartoons at gmail.com. That'll do it for our impromptu Deadpool episode. Uh, let us know how you like this episode and if you are planning to see the movie. And then once you do, let us know what you thought about it. We will do the same. Uh, for the rest of the month of February, we've got a lot more superhero things coming up. Um, lots to kind of tease you with. John, do you want to tease what's coming up in March again for the folks out there in case they missed it last week? Oh boy, we are doing a whole month in March of Pocket Monsters. So any kind of a pocket monster that you can collect, anything that requires you to buy tons and tons of merchandise and a bunch of stuff, get ready. We are going to be doing them and talking about them throughout the entire month of March. Month of March. And if you want to like draw what Sean and myself would look like as Pokemon, totally fine with that. Oh my God, I'd love to see that. <gasps> and if you show up at Sean's, no, never mind. I was going to say if you show up at Sean's show and throw Pokeballs at him, he'll be totally fine with that. But he probably actually <laughs> won't. So forget I ever said that. Do it at like the beginning of the show. I think I would think it would be funny, and then and don't do I'd be it able later. to snap back into he'll it, just, and then don't do it again. He'll just catch it show. and whip it back at your face. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> he's a tough Pokemon to catch, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta use an Ultra Ball <laughs> on him. That's why. Do a Master Ball. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get to March. Uh, I'm like a Pocket Morty over here. Yeah, Pocket Morty. Well, right. I think that'll do it for this uh, episode. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> Mel and Allison, thanks again for joining us. Listeners out there, thank, thank you, you for bro. listening. We will see you next time.